Welcome to Working Towards Our Purpose, a podcast that offers a different perspective on what a job can be. For everyone out there that's heard that voice in the back of their head asking for something more, it's time to listen to it. I'm your host, Gino, and join me as I interview people who have decided to work in their own purpose. Together, we will learn, become inspired, and hopefully find our own path towards working in our purpose. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Today on the podcast, I talked to Elizabeth Taylor of LaCroix Artistry. She has what I think is a really unique art business where she sells her art to other businesses in the form of custom chalkboards and window paintings. But she also does more traditional art like canvases and apparel. And you can check all that out on her website that I will link in the show notes. We talk about her transitioning into doing her art full time. We talk about work-life balance and the importance of setting your own schedule. So let's just jump right into our conversation. Thanks for being here. And uh, to start, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, a little bit about what you do and your art and that sort of thing? Okay. Uh, my name is Elizabeth Taylor and my business is LaCroix Artistry. I've been in business since January of 2021. And my main gig is painting windows, different seasonal things on windows. But I also do canvas art, mural work, chalkboards. And then I do take commissions and stuff as well as throw art shows throughout the year. Awesome. Awesome. So you said in 2021 is when you started doing it. Is that when you started like full time on your own doing art? Yep. Or? Uh, well, I incorporated and got my LLC in January and I was still working part time at that point. But then in June of 2021, I left my part time job and went full time into art. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, so what was the part-time work that you were doing and like the, the jobs that you have done before? Was it something that you didn't, you know, really feel aligned or passionate with and art was kind of always the goal or how, what was that like transition like? So the transition actually started about, I want to say five years ago, I was full-time into logistics. I worked for a logistics company and I had two kids and they were very small and I was paying for daycare and looking for someone to put them on the bus and someone to get them off the bus and working, you know, 50 to 60 hours a week. And it was just miserable. And so um, I wanted to do something more meaningful and obviously have more time with my children. And at that point, I hadn't even started doing art. I just quit because I was unhappy and I figured mm -hmm. that I would find a job. And when I quit, then I started just volunteering and I worked for a couple of nonprofit organizations, just doing some fundraising. And then I went part time into a therapeutic mentorship program. And so I worked with at risk youth and that was my part time job. So it was fulfilling at that point. It was a meaningful job, but it was still only part time. And then I was also, you know, just painting for myself at home. And then I started to kind of share my art and then people responded to it. They they liked it. And then I started getting commissions. And then eventually it ended up being uh, windows that people were requesting me to do. And then that was kind of it. I got so busy that I couldn't support the part-time job either. So I just ended up having to go full-time, which awesome. was good. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. So has art always been something that has been like a big part of your life or is it more of a like a recent discovery? It's more recent. 
Hmm. You know, when I was a kid, I used to draw a lot and I used to like make clothes and things like that. I was creative, but I really took a break away from art and, you know, went to went to college. I got a degree in business management and then just started working full time and, and tried that route. And I just it just wasn't fulfilling. And then really it kind of started as just, yeah, like I said, like some therapy for me at home, just like painting for fun. And then it, it kind of developed into a, a passion and something that's very fulfilling now. And that's interesting. Do you think it was maybe you got away from it because it was, you know, thinking to yourself like, oh, I have to pick a quote unquote real job to go to college and, and do all this sort of thing. Um, do you think that was maybe the reason why you stepped away from it for a little bit or... Definitely. I didn't think that. And my husband reminds me of this all the time, that when I first met him and I had, I guess he had asked what I wanted to be. And I told him that like, when I was young, I really wanted to, you know, draw and be an artist, be an architect. But then as far as like the art was concerned, I was like, yeah, but you know, you just can't make money doing art. So, you know, I I went a different path to try to make money and, and, you know, do it that way. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think that that, you know, took me away from from that avenue. But I'm definitely happier now being an artist and being able to create and call that a job. Mm. Yeah, that's, I think, interesting how the like, I guess, social narratives like tell you that you can't do this or you can do this because I kind of had a similar thing. Um, I remember like when I was going to college, I, I first never thought I wanted to go to college. But then, you know, the closer it got, I was like, well, you know, what else am I going to do? I guess I have to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, went that path. And then I remember as I was like picking my major, there was, um, I've always been in the music and there was a major that was audio engineering. And like, I really wanted to do that, but I picked mechanical engineering because that one seemed, I guess, like the smarter decision. You know, you get a job that you can actually make money in and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, it's interesting, like the things that sway us and, you know, coming back and maybe realizing that it wasn't such a bad idea. Or maybe, you know, you can do stuff to make money, but yeah, interesting. So can you talk about like the range of products that you have? And you said like window art is something that you found that people, you know, are gravitating to and that sort of thing. What, what's it like to have like products that you find that the market needs versus like the products that you would want to do and maybe the market doesn't need it? Like what's the balance between that? Um. I mean, I would say because, you know, I am a business and this is my full-time job, I would say probably between 80 and 90% is marketed, you know, towards creating for other people. And then I would say probably 10 to 20% is reserved for for creating for myself. You know, when people think of, not people, but, I, you know, when I used to think about like an artist, you know, there's so many people who are artists and then they think, okay, I just have to, you know, maybe make a couple paintings, sell them for, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars, da, 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 da. but that's very tough to do mm-hmm. for a seasoned artist and and definitely for like a beginner artist to kind of come in and, and be like, here, here's my stuff and this is what the value is. But finding ways for businesses to work art into their budget just was much easier. You know, things like chalkboards or seasonal paintings on windows, like those are things that benefit a business. And so kind of like marketing it towards them or, or painting what they want on their business to kind of help them with what they're doing. That was how I was making money. So that's what I've been doing to kind of keep myself going. And then 
Did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah, kind of. I guess, okay. you know, what what I'm kind of getting at is because I, I know at least for myself, like when I started in business and stuff, there was like things in my head that I thought that people would want. And mm -hmm. like, you know, I did that and then realized that like, okay, I guess people don't really want this or maybe they don't see it that way or you're not talking the same language and then realizing right. like, oh, okay, well, maybe I need to listen to like what they actually want and then <laughs> see how I can help them in that yeah. confine. So I think that, you know, as an artist, that's a, a smart way to be able to think about it in that way. Because I think like you said, a lot of artists, you know, maybe sometimes don't think of it in uh, the business perspective and like... Right you know, how can I keep myself going so that I can also still do the art that I want to do? Right. So I think that that definitely separates you from a lot of artists out there. And um, what what do you think the like business mindset or, or way of thinking is influenced by? Well, my degree is in business management. And so I've always had like a business mind. And I've always just, you know, been very good with numbers and, and just kind of budgeting and, mm -hmm. you know, invoicing and stuff like that. So it really was just as I was starting out and it was slow enough, just kind of setting up the processes and making sure that I was tracking everything and that I was setting goals and, you know, kind of knowing those things going into it. Yeah, that's interesting because I think sometimes people think like you're either right or left brained and you're either creative or you're, you know, you like math and that sort of thing. So it's interesting to say that you kind of have both and I kind of feel in a way that I'm like that too, because I went to school for mechanical engineering and, you know, did, did that path. So I have a very like logical mindset, but I also like being creative too. So mm -hmm. I think merging the two is, is helpful in, you know, creating a successful business. Yeah, I agree. Yep. What do you um, think about like the whole idea of like either waiting for inspiration as an artist or like showing up every single day, even if you're not inspired and, and doing work anyways, like where do you lean on that? I create every day. I touch my craft every day, even if it's bad art, even if it's something that I'm going to throw away. Um, you know, I strongly believe that if this is what you want to do, if you want to be an artist, if you want to make money off of, of your art, then you have to touch it every day. You have to promote yourself every day and you have to be consistent so that people remember you and that people know you're out there you know, in a way that when an opportunity comes across their desk or in front of them, they're thinking of you and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I do know someone who does that. Or, you know, somebody said something one time about windows and that would kind of be cute, you know, or, you know, they get a new chalkboard and then, you know, they think of they think of me. <laughs> so you have to be consistent, show people what you can do and just just stay in people's minds. Hmm. Definitely. So you said something about like promoting yourself. What is it that you do? Because I imagine that you you work alone in, in your business. Yeah. Yep. So what do you do for like, you know, promoting yourself? And then as far as like building community or finding community, because I know like I work for myself too. And sometimes it can get very lonely and like you get stuck in your head and meeting people and talking to other people who have businesses is helpful for me to kind of get out of my own head and think of new solutions. Um, so what, what are things that you do to be able to communicate with other people? Um, so my number one thing is like when I'm working or when I'm painting on windows, um, taking the time to talk to the people that want to talk to me. Sometimes it's hard because you, it's, you know, you're creating and people don't think that like, people are like, Oh yeah, she's just creating. I'll just go talk. But it is like, it's an interruption and it's an interruption in your creative process, you know, while your paint is drying and you should have been blending. 
but I've learned to definitely just stop and take the time to talk to the people that want to talk to me because 90% of my business is coming from meeting people while I'm working. Also, you know, just signing off and putting my name on my work, you know, like my Instagram handle and stuff. I've, I've, I've gotten a lot of people from them. I have a website that I have a lot of my work on. So I try to stay active on that. And then obviously just the social media, Instagram, Facebook, throwing events. And then just where I met you was the first networking um, event. So definitely trying to get out and, and talk to people and and practice doing that because that is definitely an area that I lack is kind mm-hmm. of being able to talk about my business and kind of like other people's businesses and feel knowledgeable enough to have conversations with people when I don't know a lot about everything, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's definitely something I've struggled with too. And kind of like tried to to change my attitude about because I think a lot of times you try to like show up as like, oh, this is this is my business and I know everything about it. And like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a professional. But I think a lot of times if you could be vulnerable and be like, well, I'm trying to do this or like I want to do this, but this is yep. what I'm doing now. Like that then is when you can get like helpful advice from people. And that act of being vulnerable can be beneficial for yourself. Um, yeah. So something I try to do again, you know, being like a, a introverted type of person, it's, it's not always the thing that you want to do, but if you right. can like kind of force yourself to do it, it's that usually ends up being very helpful. <laughs> yeah. And just kind of meeting people in person, you know, it's not that, not that common anymore, especially like after everything that happened over the past couple of years. And then just like with social media, I feel like it's a lot easier for people just to connect digitally, but you know, meeting people in person and, and connecting on that level, I think is, is far more valuable than, you know, the uh, digital realm. Yes, I agree. I agree. (laughs) So what do you do as far as like continuing to learn, whether it's about business or about art, do you do anything to, you know, learn different business techniques or anything like that? No, uh, experience, failures, Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I definitely pay attention to things that work and, and pay far more attention to things that don't work, you know, as far as creating and, and relationships and business tactics. I feel like we learn a lot when we're uncomfortable and, mm-hmm. you know, in an awkward situation that you don't want to ever be in again. So I would say that experience is most of my learning. You know, I've always like set goals for myself. And so this year, I did set a goal that I was going to, you know, do more self-help books and kind of learn about networking and and talking to people. So I've just kind of been doing a lot of like those books, just like I think the one that I'm reading now is um, The Gifts of Imperfection. And so, you know, just like books like that, that basically they're saying like, okay, well, whatever you're doing, it is enough. But like what you were saying, like you have to be able to be vulnerable and open and and, you know, show that to people to have a connection and a sense of being and that type mm-hmm. of stuff. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I think you can also probably, at least me, lean too much into like the self-help and reading, like, you know, mm-hmm. the theoretical versus the practical, right? Like I, I read tons of books and stuff like that, but if you don't ever implement it, <laughs> then it's not right. really helpful. So I think right. what you said about learning by doing is probably like... 90% of it. <laughs> yeah. um, it's good to have like knowledge of, of 
you know, other people's ways of thinking. But I think you really only learn like when you mess up and then you're like, oh, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Like, oh, 10 hours of my life that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to get back or, you know, so yeah. But it is nice to kind of pair the two to have life experiences and maybe not have been able to articulate in a way that like a writer can. And then like, you know, you connect with what they're saying in the book, like, oh, okay. Yeah. That is kind of what happened to me here. And then you have words for your experiences as well. Mm -hmm. That definitely helps. So can you define like what success means for you? Cause I know like, you know, especially, nowadays there's there's so many different meanings for success and i think in a past life it was just like money and your title and that sort of thing so what does success mean for you um success is being in complete control of my schedule and controlling who i work with and you know what situations i put myself in and so if i can obviously i have bills i have kids so if i can pay my bills and keep control of my schedule i feel like i'm successful that that really honestly is is it for me. I just I want to own my time and I don't ever want to have to work with somebody that I don't want to work with, you know, or do something that I'm against doing. You know, I feel like in the corporate world we're forced into um cultures and and ways of doing business that don't align with who we are. So I guess, you know, being being authentic and being able to live a life that that you align with are all measures of success for me. So yeah, <laughs> that makes yeah, sense. I, I definitely <laughs> agree. <laughs> and I think that is a a constant theme that we've kind of hit on a couple of times is like the balance, the work life balance part of things. And I know like when I quit my nine to five, it was like I was carrying this like huge anchor that I was now not carrying. And I was like, wow, everything else, all other aspects of my life seem easier now that I don't have to like drag that with me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something that I also find is significantly important, like what you do with your time and how you spend your time. And it's the only thing you can't like buy, right? Like you can't <laughs> buy more time. So <laughs> and valuing that. Um, what do, what do you think that came from for you like being able to appreciate that because I know for me like it started a long time ago when I first graduated college I like did the whole backpacking Europe thing and on that trip I like had I guess like many epiphanies of like this is awesome like why can't we always do this or why can't life be more like this versus like the nine to five all the time Mm -hmm. and you get two weeks off Um, was there like a, a triggering point for you that made you appreciate the time versus the money? Yeah. Um, kids, number one, that was, that was, you know, the hardest part. So before I had kids and, you know, it was just me and I would work 60 hours, you know, I would work. I had like two jobs. I was going to school, I work, save money. But then like, you know, your kids are young and you're missing out on so much time with them. And I had two young boys and I worked at like my day started at six and I'd go till three 30 and then we come home and we do dinner, bath and bed. So it was like, you spent like four hours a day with your kids. And then there was the, the final moment for me, which actually made me quit my job was my son. I think he was like a year and a half. Cause he had, he was running. So he was like a year and a half, maybe two. And he was a daycare around the corner from my job. And he fell into the corner of a table and cracked his head open. And so I had to leave, right? You got to leave. I had to take my kid to the hospital. They had to stitch his face up. 
And I came back the next day, like I didn't even take any time off, just half a day. And they had taken a full vacation day, you know, out of my vacation time. And I was like, what? 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 Like I wasn't on vacation. Like, <laughs> plus I'm salary and I was here yesterday, you know? So like, it was just mm. so bizarre that I was like, that's it. I quit. Mm-hmm. And I never looked back, you know? Because it just seemed so crazy to me that I would work for a company that like that was how they treated people. And that was not just how they treated me. It was how they treated like everybody, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and it's just, it was stupid. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it was just so upsetting that Mm -hmm. they just had absolutely zero compassion for anything other than just being there, you know, setting an example and whatever. So that Mm -hmm. was it. Yeah, <laughs> that story is definitely very reminiscent of my experience in the nine to five world or corporate world, and just the the lack of like connection and human aspects of the job. Yeah. Like it seems yep. like it, that was always just so confusing to me. It was always just just do the task, and then you know you're some some part of this machine, and it, it, nobody really like connects as humans or like has empathy or anything okay. like that. It's yep. it's definitely definitely something I am appreciative to not have to do or interact with anymore. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I feel like organizations, they are getting better, at least like, you know, from the outside looking in, it does look like some corporations are trying a little harder, especially like mm-hmm. with the allowing people to work from home and, you know, that type of thing. But still, like, if you can't treat people like people, mm-hmm. you know, just people shouldn't work there. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So yeah, as uh, as we're coming to the end of our time, a uh, couple more questions for you. What advice would you have for somebody who maybe was stuck in a job that they didn't like and and they needed like that extra push to to make a change in their life for the better? You know, one thing I always like told myself is like after I quit. I mean, it was scary. It's definitely scary, but you know, you're gonna fail, but make sure you fail forward. You know. You're going to fall down. You're going to have bumps in the road, but you've just always just kind of kind of keep, keep going, try it out. You know, you're never going to know if you don't try. And, you know, people are like, well, let me just get this, you know, paid off or get this down there, get this down there. But there's always going to be something else that's Mm going to keep you from doing it. So, you know, if you have a good plan or if you, you know, have a a dream that you absolutely at least want to try to accomplish, I mean, you just got to try it. Just got to go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if it doesn't yeah. work, you have to be able to, you know, be humble enough to say that didn't work. You know, either try it a different way or you go back to what you were doing. But at least, you know, you know, mm-hmm. that, that you tried. Yeah, that's good advice. And I think like being able to pivot is definitely helpful. And, and like you said, failing and then just trying it again. And OK, that didn't work. Well, let me try this thing. or Let me try that thing. Yeah. Um, that's definitely been my experience ever since I've quit. I've, I've, I think I've like pivoted my business like a hundred times, but um, I think constantly being able to do that is is one of the keys to not giving up and not giving up is the only thing, you know, you can do, right? Right. Yep. <laughs> so for people that want to support your work or check out your work, um, where's, where's the place to find you? I'm on Instagram mostly, and that's at LaCroix Artistry, which is L-A-C-R-O-I-X artistry or i have a website which is lacroixartistry.com awesome and uh i'll share the links for that so people can find it and um and thank you so much for for your time today i appreciate your story thank you 
Thanks for tuning in and listening to Working Towards Our Purpose. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend and don't forget to subscribe for more episodes.